Welcome back to episode three of the Health Investment Podcast. If you listen to episode two, you know that this episode is the first in a series of practical tips for eating healthy-ish at restaurants, while traveling, throughout the holiday season, and more. If you like this series, let me know. Maybe you even have an idea for a future series. That'd be awesome. I'm always curious to learn what you want to hear more of and less of. And let's be honest, your ideas are usually better than mine anyway. You can find links to my email address and Instagram account in the show notes. So shoot me an email or direct message. All right, enough of that. Let's get to the episode. Hi, I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing. You deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing. There are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm going to share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, because I want to help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one. So visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. When we cook at home, we're in total control of all ingredients, spices, and oils. That's why home-cooked meals are usually the best option from a nutritional standpoint. But who wants to cook every single meal, every single night? I definitely don't. One of the beauties of eating out is relinquishing control. I mean, how nice is it to have someone else cook and grocery shop every once in a while? Even though eating at restaurants can be super fun and delicious, it's important to note that eating out, however convenient it may be, also comes with a downside. More often than not, chefs and owners are on a tight budget which means they use the cheapest ingredients in their dishes. When it comes to food, cheap, unfortunately, usually correlates to poor quality and less nutritional value. For example, most restaurants use vegetable oils, also known as refined seed oils, because they're, you guessed it, cheap. When heated, reheated, and reheated again, as they often are in restaurants, These oils release a higher concentration of aldehydes. Aldehydes are toxic chemicals that have been linked to many conditions like cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, dementia, and Parkinson's. Now, I'm not going to get into the dirty details of vegetable oils in this episode because I want to keep it short and sweet, but I'll put links to additional resources in the show notes in case you want to read more about aldehydes and vegetable oils. Even though restaurant ingredients are often cheap and less nutritious, it's perfectly fine to indulge every once in a while. Nutrition is certainly important, but relaxation and socialization are also necessary for a healthy existence. As you know, I'm only interested in sharing strategies that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness. That's why I'm so excited about this episode. By following the habits I'm going to share with you in this episode consistently, I've really been able to revolutionize my own health. If it's convenient, grab a pen or pencil to jot down some notes. If you're driving, please don't write them down. Just visit the show notes to view the episode summary. All right, here we go. Here are nine practical tips for eating healthy-ish at restaurants. 
because as I mentioned, we can't eat the most healthy at restaurants. We can only eat healthy-ish, but still, that's better than nothing. Tip number one, when possible, skip the salad dressing and or sauce. The base of most dressings and sauces is usually one of the aforementioned unhealthy, ultra-processed, cheap vegetable oils like canola oil or safflower oil. Again, visit the show notes to learn more about the harms of these oils. I'll link a blog post I wrote titled Canola Oil versus Vegetable Oil, which is healthiest. You'll definitely want to read that. Dressings and sauces are also usually loaded with sugar. So just ask for your salad or entree without the dressing or sauce. Don't even ask for it on the side. Just skip it all together. I've found that when I ask for it on the side, half of the time my request is lost in translation and it usually ends up on my dish anyway. But when I ask for the dish without the sauce, nine times out of 10, my request is met. To replace the restaurant-made dressing or sauce, I ask for a side of olive oil. Usually, there's salt and pepper on the table, so I use that tasty trio, olive oil, salt, and pepper, to jazz up any meal. Often, my salad or entree tastes better than it would have if it were doused in the provided dressing or sauce, so this tip is a win-win. Tip number two, just say no to bread. First of all, skip the provided bread bowl. Or, if the rest of your table wants bread, just tell yourself, I don't eat bread before my meal because it just makes me hungrier. Yes, that's right. Bread induces hunger. Dr. William Davis, cardiologist and author of the book Wheat Belly, wrote a great article on his blog titled Wheat and Hunger. I'll link to it in the show notes. It's a great one. In the article, he explains that wheat and related grains are potent appetite stimulants. Think about it. Why do you think restaurants serve a bread bowl before dinner? Is it because they're being super altruistic? Likely not. The tasty bread in that cute basket is meant to stimulate your appetite so that you'll hopefully order more appetizers, entrees, and desserts. Now that you know the restaurant is trying to pull one over on you, it'll be easier to skip the bread bowl. Going back to the first statement I made about this tip, Notice I said that you can tell yourself, I don't eat bread before my meal because it just makes me hungrier. Don't is a very powerful word when it comes to habit change because it gives you agency. Whereas the word can't takes away your agency and makes it feel like something is forbidden. So if you tell yourself, I can't eat bread, it feels like you're really missing out on something. But if you tell yourself, I don't eat bread because and give a reason, that really puts the power back in your hands. So if you notice, even more powerful than just the word don't alone is the combo of don't and because. When you say, I don't do X because of Y, again, you hold the power. In the because piece, you explicitly state the reason for the change you wanna make. I know I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here, But I just wanted to bring this up because I've used it so many times throughout my journey to healthier living. I also wrote a blog post about this. So again, visit the show notes if you want to read it. It's called Changing Habits the Easy Way with One Little Word. Okay, back to the tip. Now that you know that bread induces hunger, you'll also want to skip the bun or bread on your burger or sandwich. I've been doing this for years, and now I actually prefer burgers without the bread. 
The meat and cheese alone are so juicy and delectable, I hardly miss it. By avoiding appetite-inducing bread, you'll save room for healthful and filling things like veggies, salad, and protein. Tip number three. In the same vein, just say no to breaded items. You know how I mentioned that vegetable oils are heated, reheated, and reheated again, making them toxic? Guess what that oil is mostly used for? Frying things. When you avoid fried and breaded items, you do two things. You steer clear of those toxic oils, and you avoid stimulating your appetite. Tip number four. Enjoy bites of shared desserts. I like to look at the dessert menu just as much as the next person. However, I've realized that eating tiny bites of one dessert, or even small bites of a couple desserts, is more satisfying than eating one entire dessert myself. By the time slices of cake and pie come around, I'm usually too full to eat an entire piece myself. And eating multiple bites of one dessert just isn't that exciting. Sharing desserts guarantees that I won't stuff myself beyond the point of no return, and I get to try different flavors. So if you're not too full and you're dying for something sweet after your meal, order one dessert or maybe two for the table to share and satisfy your sweet tooth with a couple of bites. Tip number five, make yellow or Dijon mustard or both your best friend. Oftentimes, ketchup, barbecue sauce, honey mustard, sweet and sour sauce, and other sugar-filled concoctions are the preferred condiments. But get this, typically, two tablespoons of ketchup contain about eight grams of sugar, two tablespoons of barbecue sauce contain 12 grams, two tablespoons of honey mustard contain 10 grams, and two tablespoons of sweet and sour sauce contain about seven grams. Studies suggest that higher sugar intake from food and beverages correlates to chronic illness, like type 2 diabetes, dementia, including the more serious forms, like Alzheimer's, mental disorders, like depression, and more. Even a mild elevation of blood sugar on a regular basis can be detrimental to your health. Therefore, it only makes sense to avoid sugar as much as possible. When you get in the habit of making yellow or Dijon mustard your bestie, you'll avoid these sugar-laden condiments. Mustard generally contains fewer than one gram of sugar per two tablespoons, so you can enjoy it with abandon. But be sure it's yellow mustard or Dijon mustard, because remember, honey mustard is still very sweet. Tip number six, don't be afraid to ask for substitutions. Some restaurants are very nitpicky about this, but others are happy to accommodate. If a salad usually comes with fried chicken, ask to sub grilled chicken, steak, fish, or even a burger patty. If the burger comes with a side of fries, consider subbing a salad or roasted veggies. I mean, now we're really cleaning up the usual burger order. If you order a cheeseburger without the bun, if you sub mustard for ketchup, and if you get a side of salad instead of fries, you're truly on the path to healthy eating success. Tip number seven, plan on getting a cocktail? Order one that's sugar-free. Most specialty cocktails are loaded with sugary syrups, candied fruits, and juices, which translates to they're filled with sugar, sugar, and more sugar. 
Also, this is a tricky one. Don't be fooled by names like agave for sugar. Restaurants will make you think you're getting a healthier sugar by labeling it as honey or agave, but it's still sugar. If you want to order a cocktail, keep it simple. I like to follow this formula. A spirit plus soda water plus citrus. My favorite combo is tequila plus soda water plus fresh squeezed lime juice, but sometimes I'll order vodka plus soda water plus lemon. Crazy, I know. By skipping the restaurant's fancy cocktails, you can avoid drinking 25 or more grams of sugar in just one drink. And if you already skipped the barbecue sauce and salad dressing, that means you could avoid upwards of 50 grams of sugar in just one meal. Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is, until I discovered ThriveMarket.com. Thrive Market is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries, everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers, everything, delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over $1,000 shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Tip number eight. When ordering appetizers, don't forget to check out the salads and sides. Most of the appetizers on menus are breaded, fried, and or bread-based. Think about some of the most common apps. Wings, nachos, fried calamari, cheesy fries, spring rolls, queso and chips, soft pretzels with cheese, mozzarella sticks. The list goes on. When you scope out the salad and side dish sections of any menu, you're likely to find healthier options. Consider ordering a side of steamed veggies and a big salad for the table to share. You may still decide to order the fried calamari and have some bites of that, but at least you'll balance it out with some greens. And now for the final tip, preview the menu online before you arrive at the restaurant. This is a great way to pinpoint the healthiest option ahead of time so that you don't feel rushed when it comes time to order. Here's a glimpse into my what should I order thought process. First, I check to see if there's a wild fish option. I'm always looking to boost my intake of omega-3 fatty acids. Eating grilled fish topped with extra virgin olive oil is a great way to do this. If there's not a tasty looking fish option, maybe some other protein sounds good. Or is there a dish that's entirely vegetables? I always love to load up on those. Next, I'll see which sides the restaurant offers. Are any of them healthier than the ones offered with my entree choice? If so, I make a mental note to ask for a substitution. Speaking of sides, are there any veggie options that'd be good to share for an appetizer? Finally, I check to see if my dish will come with a sauce or dressing. If so, I make another mental note to ask for olive oil and possibly some mustard so that I can conjure up my own sugar-free concoction. If previewing the menu isn't possible, no worries. Right when you sit down, you can scan the menu to find the healthiest options. And there you have it. Healthy-ish eating outside of your home is possible. 
After a bit of practice, these nine habits can become second nature, which means they'll be easier to do consistently. And consistency does matter. Let's do some simple math, even though I'm not a mathematician. Say you eat restaurant food and takeout, takeout counts too, a total of 10-ish times a month, which could even be a modest estimate for you. And say one of the full meals you used to order, we're talking appetizer, entree, cocktail, and dessert, the whole shebang, contained four tablespoons of vegetable oil and 50 grams of sugar. Again, this is probably a modest estimate. In any traditional restaurant meal, you're probably eating a lot more vegetable oil and sugar than that. If you consistently follow the tips from this episode, you could avoid 40 tablespoons of vegetable oil and 500 grams of sugar each month. That means over the course of a year, you'd avoid 480 tablespoons of vegetable oil and 6,000 grams of sugar. That's insane, right? If you didn't do one other thing to improve your health for an entire year and just followed these nine tips when eating out at restaurants, you'd likely notice significant changes in your weight and health. Small choices never seem significant when we're making them, but they truly add up. Consistency pays off. All of that being said, if ordering takeout and eating at restaurants is your MO, no matter how many tips and tricks you try, you're still going to be at a disadvantage when it comes to optimizing your health. Home is not just where the heart is, it's also where the healthiest food is. And on that corny joke... I'm going to leave you for this episode, and I'll catch you next week on episode four, the second episode in this series. In episode four, I'm going to discuss practical tips for eating healthy-ish while traveling. You don't want to miss it. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, so let's figure out how to make both happen. To book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week.